0: Section Thirteen of Cain by Jean Toomer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Esther, One, Nine. Esther's hair falls in soft curls about her high-cheeked, boned, chalk-white face. Esther's hair would be beautiful if there were more gloss to it, and if her face were not prematurely serious. One would call it pretty her cheeks are too flat and dead for a girl of nine esther looks like a little white child starched frilled as she walks slowly from her home towards her father's grocery store she is about to turn in broad from maple street white and black men loafing on the corner hold no interest for her then a strange thing happens a clean muscled magnificent black-skinned negro whom she had heard her father mention as king barlow suddenly drops to his knees on a spot called the spittoon white men unaware of him continue squirting tobacco juice in his direction the saffron fluid splashes on his face his smooth black face begins to glisten and to shine soon people notice him and gather round his eyes are rapturous upon the heavens lips and nostrils quiver barlow is in a religious trance town folks know it they are not startled they are not afraid they gather round some beg boxes from the grocery stores from old macgregor's notion shop a coffin case is pressed into use folks line the curbstones business men close shop and banker warpley parks his car close by silently all await the prophet's voice the sheriff a great florid fellow whose leggings never meet around his bulging calves swears in three deputies while wow, ye can't never tell what a nigger like king barlow might be up to soda bottles five fingers full of shine are passed to those who want them a couple of stray dogs start a fight old Goodlow's cow comes flopping up the street barlow still as an indian fakir has not moved the town bell strikes six the sun slips in behind a heavy mass of horizon cloud the crowd is hushed and expectant barlow's under jaw relaxes and his lips begin to move jesus has been a whisperin strange words deep down oh wade down deep deep in my ears hums of awe and of excitement he called me to his side and said get down on your knees beside me son i'se gwine to whisper in your ears an old sister cries ah lord i'se gwine to whisper in your ears he said and i replied thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven ah lord amen amen and lord jesus whispered strange good words deep down oh way down deep deep in my ears and he said tell em till you feel your throat on fire i saw a vision i saw a man arise and he was big and black and powerful someone yells preach it preacher preach it but his head was caught up in the clouds and while he was a gazin at the heavens heart filled up with the lord some little white aunt biddies came and tied his feet to chains they led him to the coast they led him to the sea they led him across the ocean and they didn't set him free the old coast didn't miss him and the new coast wasn't free he left the old coast brothers to give birth to you and me oh lord great god almighty to give birth to you and me barlow pauses old grey mothers are in tears fragments of melodies are being hummed white folks are touched and curiously awed off to themselves white and black preachers confer as to how best to rid themselves of the vagrant usurping fellow barlow looks as though he is struggling to continue people are hushed one can hear weevils work dusk is falling rapidly and the customary store lights fail to throw their feeble glow across the grey dust and flagging of the georgia town barlow rises to his full height he is immense to the people he assumes the outlines of his visioned african in a mighty voice he bellows brothers and sisters turn your faces to the sweet face of the lord and fill your hearts with glory open your eyes and see the dawn and of the and light open your ears years afterwards esther was told that at that very moment a great heavy rumbling voice actually was heard that hosts of angels and of demons paraded up and down the streets all night that king barlow rode out of town astride a pitch-black bull that had a glowing gold ring in its nose and that old limp underwood who hated niggers woke up next morning to find that he held a black man in his arms this much is certain an inspired negress of wide reputation for being sanctified drew a portrait of a black madonna on the court-house wall and king barlow left town he left his image indelibly upon the mind of esther he became the starting-point of the only living patterns that her mind was to know two sixteen esther begins to dream the low evening sun sets the windows of macgregor's notion shop aflame esther makes believe that they really are aflame the town fire department rushes madly down the road it ruthlessly shoves black and white idlers to one side it whoops it clangs it rescues from the second story window a dimpled infant which she claims for her own how had she come by it she thinks of it immaculately it is a sin to think of it immaculately she must dream no more she must repent her sin another dream comes there is no fire department there are no heroic men the fire starts the loafers on the corner form a circle chew their tobacco faster and squirt juice just as fast as they can chew gallons on top of gallons they squirt upon the flames the air reeks with the stench of scorched tobacco-juice women fat chunky negro women lean scrawny white women pull their skirts up above their heads and display the most ludicrous underclothes the women scoot in all directions from the danger zone she alone is left to take the baby in her arms but what a baby black singed woolly juice baby ugly as sin once held to her breast miraculous thing its breath is sweet and its lips can nibble she loves it frantically her joy in it changes the town folks jeers to harmless jealousy and she is left alone Twenty-two. esther's schooling is over she works behind the counter of her father's grocery store to keep the money in the family so he said she is learning to make distinctions between the business and the social worlds good business comes from remembering that the white folks don't divide the niggers esther be just as black as any man who has a silver dollar esther listlessly forgets that she is near white and that her father is the richest colored man in town black folk who drift in to buy lard and snuff and flour of her call her a sweet-natured accommodating girl she learns their names she forgets them she thinks about men i don't appeal to them i wonder why she recalls an affair she had with a little fair boy while still in school it had ended in her shame when he as much as told her that for sweetness he preferred a lollipop she remembers the salesman from the north who wanted to take her to the movies that first night he was in town she refused of course and he never came back having found out who she was she thinks of barlow barlow's image gives her a slightly stale thrill she spices it by telling herself his glories black magnetically so best cotton-picker in the county in the state in the whole world for that matter best man with his fists best man with dice with a razor promoter of church benefits of coloured fairs vagrant preacher lover of all the women for miles and miles around esther decides that she loves him and with a vague sense of life slipping by she resolves that she will tell him so whatever people say the next time he comes to town After the making of this resolution which becomes a sort of wedding-cake for her to tuck beneath her pillow and go to sleep upon she sees nothing of barlow for five years her hair thins it looks like the dull silk on puny corn ears her face pales until it is the color of the gray dust that dances with dead cotton leaves three esther is twenty-seven esther sells lard and snuff and flour to vague black faces that drift in her store to ask for them her eyes hardly see the people to whom she gives change her body is lean and beaten she rests listlessly against the counter too weary to sit down from the street someone shouts king barlow has come back to town he passes her window driving a large new car cut out open He veers to the curb and steps out. Barlow has made money on cotton. During the war he is as rich as any one. Esther suddenly is animate. She goes to her door. She sees him at a distance, the center of a group of credulous men. She hears the deep bass rumble of his talk. The sun swings low. MacGregor's windows are aflame again, pale flame. A sharply dressed white girl passes by. For a moment Esther wishes that she might be like her not white she has no need for being that but sharp sporty with get-up about her Barlow is connected with that wish she mustn't wish wishes only make you restless emptiness is a thing that grows by being moved i'll not think not wish just set my mind against it then the thought comes to her that those purposeless easy-going men will possess him if she doesn't purpose is not dead in her now that she comes to think of it that loose women will have their arms around him at nat Bowl's place to-night as if her veins are full of fired sun-bleached southern shanties a swift heat sweeps them dead dreams and a forgotten resolution are carried upward by the flames pale flames they shan't have him oh they shall not not if it kills me they shan't have him jerky a flutter she closes the store and starts home folks lazing on store window-sills wonder what on earth can be the matter with jim crane's gal as she passes them come to remember she always was a little off a little crazy i reckon esther seeks her own room and locks the door her mind is a pink mesh bag filled with baby toes using the noise of the town clock striking twelve to cover the creaks of her departure esther slips into the quiet road the town her parents most every one is sound asleep this fact is a stable thing that comforts her after sundown a chill wind came up from the west it is still blowing but to her it is a steady settled thing like the cold she wants her mind to be like that solid contained and blank as a sheet of darkened ice she will not permit herself to notice the peculiar phosphorescent glitter of the sweetgum leaves their movement would excite her exciting too the recession of the dull familiar homes she knows so well she doesn't know them at all she closes her eyes and holds them tightly won't do her being aware that they are closed recalls her purpose she does not want to think of it she opens them she turns now into the deserted business street the corrugated iron canopies and mule and horse gnawed hitching posts bring her a strange composure ghosts of the commonplaces of her daily life take stride with her and become her companions and the echoes of her heels upon the flagging are rhythmically monotonous and soothing crossing the street at the corner of macgregor's notion shop she thinks that the windows are a dull flame only a fancy she walks faster than runs a turn into a side street brings her abruptly to nat Bowles' place the house is squat and dark it is always dark barlow is within quietly she opens the outside door and steps in she passes through a small room pauses before a flight of stairs down which people's voices muffled come the air is heavy with fresh tobacco smoke it makes her sick she wants to turn back she goes up the steps as if she were mounting to some great height her head spins she is violently dizzy blackness rushes to her eyes and then she finds that she is in a large room barlow is before her well i'm Sholy damned Excuse me but what what brought you here lil milk-white gal you her voice sounds like a frightened child's that calls hornwood from some point miles away me yes you barlow this ain't the place fur ya this ain't the place fur ya i know i know but i've come for you for me for what she manages to look deep and straight into his eyes he is slow at understanding guffaws and giggles break out from all around the room a coarse woman's voice remarks so that's how the Dicty niggers does it laughs must give em credit fo their gall esther doesn't hear barlow does his faculties are jogged she sees a smile ugly and repulsive to her working upward through thick liquor fumes barlow seems hideous the thought comes suddenly that conception with a drunken man must be a mighty sin she draws away frozen like a somnambulist she wheels around and walks stiffly to the stairs down them jeers and hoots pelter bluntly upon her back she steps out there is no air no street and the town has completely disappeared End of section 13.